Could Joe Biden's stance on Gaza cost him the election? Since the beginning of the war, the US president's vocal support of Israel, his refusal to call for a ceasefire, and his statements defending Israeli military action have cost him dearly at home among his own voters. In particular, many Arab and Muslim Americans are vowing they won't vote for Biden come 2024. And while these two groups only make up 1% of the US population, it's where they live that could make all the difference. And it's something that Biden and the Democrats are starting to really worry about especially in the very state that helped him beat Donald Trump the first time. There are roughly three and a half million people of Arab and Muslim descent living in the United States, mostly in major cities. In Michigan, a key swing state that's hotly contested every election cycle by Republicans and Democrats, there are nearly 200,000 Arab Americans. In fact, it's actually the second largest Arab community outside of the Middle East. They make up just 2% of Michigan's population. But when you look at recent election results, it can make all the difference. In 2016, Donald Trump secured the presidency by flipping a few key states, from blue for Democrat to red for Republican. Michigan was one of those states, and he beat Hillary Clinton there by a margin of just 11,000 votes. I built Sir, a great I'm asking company. you a specific question, which but is... let me tell you... I, I understand all of that. I, I understand all of that. But, but, but let me, you paid millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. So yes. not 700. Millions of dollars. And you'll get to see it. I, I, and you'll get to when? see it. But and let me Shalom. just tell you... Fast forward to 2020, and Joe Biden flips that state back to blue, partly by appealing to the Arab American population, who help him clinch victory in Michigan by a margin of 154,000 votes. That's just 2% of the vote. But how this 2% feels about the Democrats is changing. Michigan is also the home of Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who last month was censured by the House of Representatives for her pro-Palestine statements. 22 Democrats voted against her. I'm the only Palestinian American serving in Congress, Mr. Chair, and my perspective is needed here now more than ever. I will not be silenced, and I will not let you distort my words. Another key state for Democrats is Minnesota, with 140,000 Arab and Muslim Americans. In 2016, Hillary Clinton won that state by 45,000 votes. Four years later, Joe Biden widened that margin by 230,000. To put that into perspective, Kanye West got 8,000 votes in that state. So it is a very slim margin. Minnesota is also, of course, the home state of Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, who has not minced words about how she feels about Biden's policies in Gaza. states, winning the Arab and Muslim vote is key to helping Joe Biden secure his re-election in 2024. And while the support of these two communities have tended to be taken for granted by Democrats as a sure bet, polls are saying that Biden's policies in Israel since October 7 have cost him dearly. The Arab American Institute says that since the start of the war, support by Arab Americans for the Democratic Party has plummeted from 59% in 2020 to just 17% today. This sentiment has also been fueled by a sharp and alarming spike in anti-Arab violence in the United States, including the tragic death of six-year-old Palestinian-American Wadi Al-Fayyum, who was stabbed to death by his neighbor in Illinois in mid-October. It also includes the shooting of three Palestinian-Americans in Vermont earlier this week, 
allegedly for wearing kafiyas in public. 70% of Arab Muslims say they face discrimination in their communities, and more than two-thirds of all Arab Americans say they don't feel safe showing their support for Palestinians. As a result, an increasing number say they won't vote for Joe Biden next year. Yeah, I think as someone who's a Palestinian-American citizen, I was born and raised here, I feel like the administration has not been doing the just and right way to go about it. At the end of the day, it's about humanity, and I don't think that the administration is really supporting the lives of innocent children. As a community organizer in Michigan, we have been told, not just by our fellow presidents, we have been told by our mayors, by our university presidents, by our own neighbors that we don't matter. His percentage points have dropped dramatically day by day by day while this continues to go on and he continues to side on the wrong side of history and on the wrong side of humanity. Um, and so I think come 2024, it, it will be very difficult for him to come to a mosque or come to a church where Arabs pr pray um, and to ask for their support. And in a key state like Michigan, it's estimated that for each 10% of Arab voters that abstain, Joe Biden will lose 11,000 votes. That's the same margin that helped Trump get into power in 2016. Biden and his campaign team are well aware of this, and they're trying to control the damage. According to the Washington Post, Biden met with a number of prominent Muslim Americans on October 26, a day after he had publicly downplayed the death toll in Gaza. I have no notion that the Palestinians are telling the truth about how many people are killed. I'm sure innocents have been killed, and it's the price of waging a war. I think we should be incredibly careful. I think not we, the Israelis should be incredibly careful to be sure that they're focusing on going after the folks that are the pro propagating this war against Israel. And, uh, and it's against their interest when that doesn't happen. But I have no confidence in the number that the Palestinians are using. In that meeting, he told them, quote, I'm sorry, I'm disappointed in myself, I will do better. A week later, the White House launched a national strategy to counter Islamophobia. As a result of the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel and the humanitarian crisis in Gaza, we have seen an uptick in anti-Palestinian, anti-Arab, anti-Semitic, and Islamophobic incidents across America. But many are skeptical about just how much this lip service will do given that the U.S. has not budged on its no-red-lines policy towards Israel. Biden's so-called bear-hug strategy has allowed him to win favor with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, which has allowed the U.S. to influence Israel's decision-making on the ground, including limiting the scope of its ground invasion and opening brief humanitarian corridors to allow some aid to reach Palestinians. But his unwavering public support has damaged his reputation domestically, and not just among Arab and Muslim voters. Overall, this is the handling of the Israel-Hamas war. And again, it kind of measures overall up with Biden's foreign policy approval. But look at this. Among the oldest group of voters, 65 plus, there's a majority who approve of how Biden is handling this. That's plus 12. Look at the youngest group of voters. 20 approve, 70 percent disapprove. He is 50 points underwater with the youngest group of voters. That is a 62-point net swing between youngest and oldest on this topic of Israel and Hamas. And it's a critical group of voters that he needs in order to win re-election, that's for sure. And that youth demographic, which historically has been crucial for the Democratic Party to secure, are also 74% more likely to sympathize with Palestinians than Israelis. Biden's position against a ceasefire in Gaza has also been deeply unpopular. As early as October 20th, 66% of all U.S. voters believe the U.S. should be pushing for a ceasefire, including 80% of Democrats. 
Now, a year out from the 2024 presidential elections and Biden's chances aren't looking too good. In fact, Donald Trump is beating him in most of the polls. That includes in key states like Michigan, where he is trailing behind Donald Trump as well as Republican contender Nikki Haley. And that margin is only growing. That means come November next year, he is going to have to win back that youth vote, as well as that crucial 1% of Arab and Muslim Americans, who have so far felt marginalized and ignored by his administration. But as anger continues to mount at the way this war is going seven weeks on, will that be too late? This episode of The Big Picture is produced by me, Mohammed Hassan, for Middle East Eye. Thank you to Hossam Sarhan for filming and Anas Ala for graphics. And thanks to you for listening. If this episode struck a chord with you, or if you disagreed with what was said, we want to hear from you. So you can reach me on Twitter at Mohammed Was Here or by email at mh.middleeasteye.org. You can also watch all of our episodes in video format on our YouTube channel. If you like this, please consider giving us a rating because it goes a long way and helps us reach new audiences. Until next time, salam.